This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Lars. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to. What a day it has been. It's been a crazy 24 hours in wrestling. It has been. It's been pretty nuts. Woke up this morning at 7 a.m. to get some coffee. And uh, as I'm pouring my Joe around 7.15, I look at my phone. Oh, okay. Uh, Cody's not in AEW anymore. That's weird. Oh, Cody is talking to WWE. That's, That's weird even too. weirder. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get into that. As you can see, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, Cody has invaded our... Uh, look at that. That might be... Raw already. Uh, already invaded Raw. Be a thing right there. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk all the Cody news that we have right now. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Brock Lesnar being on Pat McAfee. And what? Stone Cold Steve Austin might be coming back for one more Mitch. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to talk about Raw. Yeah, that did happen. That, that happened. Raw was that bad. Yeah, that Raw was, was that Raw was pretty decent. I thought there was some cool stuff going on. But yeah, me too. But we're going to talk about this, man. We're going to talk yeah. about Cody Rhodes. Yeah. So, yeah, about a month ago, Fightful Select. Go subscribe. Hey, they just, by the way, congratulations. They just passed 5,000 subs on Fightful Select. 5,000 people are checking out Fightful Select. It's great. That's uh, great. They reported that Cody Rhodes' contract with AEW had expired at the end of 2021. It was working shows without a new, new deal. Even with reports over the past year, there's a bit of a rift, perhaps, between Cody and the other executive vice presidents over at AEW. Of course, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. It was difficult to imagine that Cody's time in AEW might be, in fact, coming to an end. But then Fightful Select dropped a bombshell Tuesday morning. Cody and AEW had been unable to reach an agreement on a new deal, and he could be leaving the promotion he helped start to go to WWE. Shortly thereafter, Tony Khan, Cody, and Brandy all released statements confirming that Cody and Brandy are leaving AEW. These statements were very diplomatically phrased and very yes. thankful of everybody and anything and all, all that kind of stuff. So it yes. seems very amicable. Split. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Um, according to Fightful, uh, Cody was seeking a, quote, big money deal. Big money. And uh, he and Tony Khan could have come to terms uh, on a new contract during an appearance on Josh Nason's punch out. Uh, Andrew Zarian. Added some details. These transcripts come to you from Russell Talk. Quote, there was a major contract dispute. They cannot come to terms on a, an agreement. Uh, there was a big mismatch as far as the financials go between AEW and Cody. On Saturday, this was downplayed totally. And they were saying, no, it's not a, uh, not that big of a deal. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Yesterday, about I want to say about noon Eastern, I started getting bombarded with questions and speculations. Some people were saying it could also be a work. Somebody called it the Cody Vortex to me. I don't know what that means. They were in a, a Cody work shoot vortex. I guess maybe he does this a lot. I don't know. I know nothing about that. To me, it was 50-50. Some people thought this was just a storyline, and they were trying to swerve everybody, and other people thought it was legitimate. Apparently now of all these, not even apparently, 
with all these statements, it is legitimate. They want to go through the the the, the effort to put these statements together yeah. and release them. Yeah. If this was all part of work, because if this is all part of the work, and everybody put these statements out. You can't like you can't take anybody for the word after that. You know, Let, let's shut that down because yeah. like the biggest question you see on Twitter and, and that we've gotten here, you know, in the QA thread and stuff and, and here is, is, is this, are they working us? Cause it's, it's wrestling, it's showbiz and everybody thinks, Oh, I, I don't believe for a second. Like you said, if you know, Tony Khan, AEW, everybody's putting out these statements. If this was some elaborate work, you, you couldn't take these types of statements at face value anymore. You couldn't be like, mm-hmm. Oh, they're doing some community outreach. Is that a work? You know what I mean? Like the way that yeah. the, this, these statements have been released. This is, this is actually happening. Yeah. This is, this is, this is real. Yeah, this is real. Um, um let's talk about, uh, big money. Yeah. And, and AEW. So, um, I don't know what big money would actually mean given what little we know about I mean we've heard what some other people are making in AEW AEW's top guy obviously isn't getting paid as much as WWE's top guy it's more sort of on par with WWE sort of upper mid card guys if that these days I don't know you would think yeah I don't know exactly yeah Um, but uh, Cody basically being one of the people who was integral. I mean, it was, it was all in basically stemmed from a Twitter bet yep. from Cody and all in basically you can, you can chart a direct line between all in and, and, and absolutely. AEW. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I kind of feel like if Cody, uh, it, it's been such a strange thing and you can, dude, you can take this back. No lie. You and I would talk about this. Cody's first appearance as a member of Bullet Club at Wrestle Kingdom. What was incredibly notable about that? No Bullet Club uh, uh, emblems, logos. Really, save for really small Bullet Club logos on his boots, you couldn't tell he was a member of Bullet Club. Right. And, you know, uh, him and the Elite, they, uh, you know, they, they, they hooked up, obviously. They obviously became pretty close. But there was always that sort of idea that they really do have two very different philosophies on pro wrestling. And we saw that play out on TV. I feel like we Um, saw it absolutely play out on TV. We had a name for it. It was Cody Cody Island. Island. And this really was amplified and put under uh, sort of a, a microscope, if you will, during the pandemic when Cody would not appear on TV in the same shot as the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega. He yeah. developed his own uh, a separate part of the company with Same guys way. like Anthony Agogo that he could fight with, like, well, going back to, uh, uh, I guess, what was it? Double or nothing, I guess, his brother. But yeah. he sort of had, you would go through Cody Island before you get to the the actual thing. And, like, Malachi yeah, Black after, went through, Andrade went through there. It seems like uh, uh, after he lost that match to Jericho, for the title and and therefore couldn't challenge for said title ever again. Um, you know, he, he was the first TNT champion and he worked hard and credit to, to him working really hard to try to elevate that title. So it was seen in almost or basically the same light as their world title. You know, he said, I don't believe in mid card titles. He really wanted to elevate that belt. So it was, it was more comparable to the IWGP heavyweight intercontinental title. Yeah. Right. Where it's kind of, you know, it, it, in most instances, it was a one, a one B situation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and hats off to him for doing that. Um, but it seemed like it seemed like after he dropped that title, especially to Darby, mm-hmm. it was like yeah, he totally existed in his own universe in yeah. AEW. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, QT Marshall uh, it, and Anthony Agogo were his two yeah. biggest feuds at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it was, he would be off TV for spans of time. Of course he had a very active, you know, uh, uh, outside of the ring life with his TV shows wrote to the top. Mm-hmm. And of course the, the go big show. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it, it seems like this was a, sort of a grand experiment. I mean, Cody Rhodes has always been, he's always been, since he left WWE, you know, that last weird promo he gave where he started talking about, I built the forbidden door. There's mm-hmm. a lot of truth to that because he left WWE. He's the first guy to start writing down all the shit he wanted to do, you know, his bucket list. Yeah. And then he publicized that and he went through and he did so much of that stuff. He yeah. was the hottest name on. And and he sort of did build that template for so many others. You see right now, Matt Cardona, Matt Cardona doing, doing that doing the same exact thing, yeah. same thing. And so, he he built a path out of sports entertainment into the world of non WWE wrestling to the extent that he b- helped build this new company. He was pivotal to building this new company. It's just mm-hmm. in the end, it seemed like what. And it's funny because I had broached this question before in a in a, in a landscape where AEW is signing now tons of talent largely coming from WWE releases guys like Malachi black guys like Andrade guys who had sort of become, I don't know about Andrade, but certainly Alistair black was a bigger deal. I feel than Cody Rhodes was, I mean, in NXT, he was a main roster was sort of a debacle for Alistair black, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's all sorts of names that were either on par or bigger than Cody Rhodes coming onto the free market. What would happen when those guys come over? Would Cody find himself falling further down, you know, in status? Or what would happen with that? And this seems like it's the inevitable conclusion or answer to that question. Yeah, and 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 to add to that, the fans seemingly kind of tiring of Cody. You know, uh, p- part of the problem of of his booking becoming so isolated from the rest of the company is that it felt self indulgent. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, and I think the crowd started turning, for lack of a better word, against Cody because they want to see Cody involved in the storylines, especially ones that involve the people he founded the company with. I think that's part of it. And also, I mean, I think they want to do interesting, compelling stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you watch that that face of the revolution ladder match from last yes. year. Yeah. And it's so obvious that the kind of the directive going into that match is focus on Cody. Yeah. Focus on Cody. Yeah. Where you have action going on in the foreground, the ring, and then he's hovering in the background and you're scratching your head. It's like, I'm supposed to be paying attention to what the wrestlers in the ring are doing, not Cody selling an injury in the tunnel. The it's in, taking yeah. away from the other competitors in the match. Yeah. I think and, people pay attention to that stuff. And in that, in that situation for Cody, that's great. But you have... Like everything he's and and that's when Cody started really getting to this weird like yeah. situation where he seemed to be trying to tell a sort of story about him being a good guy and resisting the urge to be a bad guy and and it it, it was it was on on one hand it was like okay 
He's trying to do something interesting. But on the other hand, it's to the detriment of the other people in this match. And is that really the direction he wants to go? Do you want to sacrifice mm-hmm. everything for this weird story that you're trying to tell? A story that ultimately, in the end, went nowhere because now he's not even in the company anymore. And I, know, and I feel I like all the teasing, you know, he's doing all the Tiger Drivers, all the double underhook stuff, leading the to pedigree, yeah. what we thought was going to be a pedigree. Yeah. And now that's absolutely nowhere. And I don't know. It, it, it'd be very interesting to see at some point if somebody goes on um, Corey Graves's podcast, <laughs> I guess now it's going to be the new Tiger Jericho, gonna right? Show up on after the bell, huh? After the bell and, and spill the beans on. Yeah. I had plans for, uh, for this, you know, this character of mine and, and they kept on saying, no, it's not going to, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Yeah. Anyways. I don't know. I mean, cause so often when he's doing those promos, it felt like it was more of an idea for a character and, and maybe they didn't know exactly where the story was going to go either because, yeah, you know, you listen to some of the promos and there'd be some really good stuff on there, but there'd be other instances, other promos entirely that you're scratching your head thinking, what the heck is he doing here? Or you have it all wrapped up in one like that last one in advance of the ladder match, which was yeah, yeah. all exactly. over the map. And there, there was, was a some... lot of good stuff in there. And then yeah. the other instance where you're like, what the heck is he what? getting at? What are you talking and about? And it seemed it? like because one of the things Cody did really well, especially the, the early days of AEW was drop promos. He would drop some really good promos. He get, would get the crowd fired up. Yeah. Yeah. And somewhere in the midst of the story, that kind of got lost, mm-hmm. you know. And then his his promo work was really inconsistent. Inconsistent. There was some bad ones. Yeah, sure. Bad. Yeah. And then the one he did his last one. Yeah. It was like it started out good. Where are you going with this though? Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like there was. A, it was like a never ending thing. It's like, dude, you got to progress. You got to advance your story a little bit. Yeah. For us to to stay invested, otherwise we're just going to be like, okay, well, here's the walking train wreck guy. I mean, there was there was that the you know the the promo that everybody likes to claim ended racism, uh, where he talked about it was you know the lead up to the Agogo stuff, and it was just an absolutely ridiculous promo. But as seen in Rose to the Top, it was a very important promo for him, mm-hmm. uh, and you know all capital uh, very important. And uh, and of course, it just landed with a giant thud, and everybody was just, you know, what is this shit? And at that point, he really did have, uh, to say the least, an uneven relationship with the fans. He yes. could he could get them cheering for him. I mean, the, the which guy he did in his last promo, which he did in his last promo after they were saying "shut the f up," you know. I mean, he could turn people around uh, with his words. It's just, I feel like he, Cody is like the Southland Tales of wrestlers. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff there, but the execution was just not particularly. He has good. he has potentially some interesting, huge ideas. Yeah, right. But he might need help. Yeah, getting them together. Yeah, so they work and flow and feel cohesive. Now, right now we're, we're predominantly talking about Cody's role as performer in AEW. He was also an executive. Brandy was an executive. We don't know how them leaving is going to change the corporate structure of AEW, how it's going to affect things going forward. We don't know this yet. Um, that's a whole other aspect of the story. We just don't know. Well, I mean, th- I mean, there is some indication, you know, from Fightful Select as well. Mm-hmm. He, Sean's been updating this all day. Yes, yes. That, yeah, there are actually people that, you know, really enjoyed behind the scenes interacting mm-hmm. with Cody and, and you know, that aspect of his job behind the scenes at AEW, what kind of gaps is that going to leave? Is it going to be more of a situation? Are we going to see, as I said earlier, 
Cody and the Young Bucks come from two very different worlds. You know, Cody sort of his the first big chunk of his career is obviously spent in sports entertainment. His dad, Dusty Rhodes, NWA, WCW type guy. And so those are the influences. I think those influences were played heavily into AEW's inception. On the other side of things, the the influence that we thought we'd see a lot more of in AEW really went to the side a little bit with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega coming from New Japan, Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you're going to see. And then in the, at the end of the day, everybody says now it's just Tony Khan who obviously is a big WCW fan as yes. well. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if we're going to see at all a change, even in, in you know, in, in a subtle way in, in AEW. I mean, certainly we're not going to get the shit that Lambert was doing, at least with Cody, um, which seemed to be Cody approved anyways, because I don't think they'd be doing that if it wasn't. You wouldn't think so. So hopefully we'll see a little bit less of that. Yeah. Um, but I guess now we can pivot to the question that's on everybody's minds. What's Cody's ceiling in WWE if he goes there? When can we expect to see him? I mean, certainly WrestleMania is still uh, uh, absolutely on the table. Hell, Elimination oh, yeah. Chamber theoretically yeah. is on the yeah. table. Heck, tonight in NXT to present the winners of the Dusty Cup with a trophy. Is Apparently, certainly. there's no non-compete. If he wanted to show up there tonight, he could. That's a now, I'd be yeah. pretty darn surprised if his, his WWE re-debut was to hand MSK or Creed Brothers with a trophy. They probably want to have his his first appearance back be something a bit more impactful than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so is that at Elimination Chamber this weekend? Are they going to wait and have him debut on Raw to build to a feud for WrestleMania? Don't know. Um, as far as his ceiling, I mean, it's hard to tell. Based Everything's based on the whims of a 75-year-old man. Mm-hmm. Now, if he yeah. thinks that this Cody leaving AEW to go to WWE is a huge get for WB and and he's motivated, Vince that is, is motivated to take advantage of that, then you got to push him in a major way right away. You have him show up on TV as soon as possible. You don't delay. You don't have a Bret Hart situation after Survivor Series 97. Not that I could compare Bret with Cody's situation. Not comparable in any way in terms of them leaving the company, but in terms of having a hot free agent show up in your company, yeah. you want them there as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. To take advantage of that buzz. Um, but it, I mean, uh, who was it in chat that mentioned, was it Cody? Was it Jano? Jano Jano mentioned, and this feud makes all the sense. Cody and Brandy versus Miz and Maurice at WrestleMania. Well, now is that taking advantage of the buzz? I don't know. It's, it's, it's look, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy name in your programming. Because, look, he could show up at Elimination Chamber, and I think, look, Cody ain't bigger than Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is probably still going to win that title at WrestleMania. But you know what? You know what Cody and Brandy versus Miz and Reese at WrestleMania does? It says AEW's top guy is worth a mid-card mixed tag match in WWE. That's what it does. And it's not saying, and this is probably why they wouldn't put that WWE title on him, because it doesn't say, oh, AEW's top guy is on par with it's the top guy on, here. on yeah, WWE no. Raw. Yeah. Now, uh, again, if Cody wanted just a, a, you know, wrestling, wrestling is a lot more simple, I think, than sometimes we give it, we, we want it to be. Cody probably wants, you know, he probably said, hey, Tony, I created this with you. 
I was one of the people who helped get you where you are. I deserve a big bag and EVP status. Maybe Tony's looked back on the past two years and said, you know what? You can't peacefully coexist with the other EVPs. They have more influence on me. I mean, he wouldn't say that. But like, I'm sorry, you're not worth that money. And maybe he didn't even want him to be EVP anymore. I don't know. Yeah, um, but I mean, if you see what Cody's done on screen, it hasn't really been all that impressive. It hasn't been. I have no idea what he does backstage. Not, not consistently. I mean, there's been stretches where he's done really good work. There's been stretches when it's been really good, but I just wonder if, I don't know. I don't know. There seems to be some sort of conflict there where Tony doesn't feel like he's worth it. Cody says, okay, well, fine. Let me go to WWE. Hey, look, can I just get an assurance that I'm not going to be stardust? Can you at least treat me on par? And I don't think this is unreasonable as you do edge edges, edges back part-time, but he kind of doesn't feel part-time because he's there a lot. He is there a lot. But he's in situations where you can take advantage of, A, Cody has is, is been gone for a long time, so there's fresh matchups for him there. Mix him up. That whole scene on Raw, everybody up here, La well, not Lesnar, but Lashley, uh, you know, the new guy, Austin Theory, Riddle, Orton still, Kevin Owens, Seth. Those are all good matchups for Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at WrestleMania, the top AEW guy in a mixed tag match with Miz and Maurice, which, by the way, would be an entertaining match. It'd probably be an entertaining feud. It could be, yeah. Kind of makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. And I understand your perspective from WWE looking at bringing in one of AEW's top guys and putting him in a mid-card match at WrestleMania. At the same time, is that I understand Cody's probably, if he's going to WWE, one of the things he's looking for is to get paid. He's getting up in, there in years. Maybe this is one of his last contracts he plans on signing, and he wants to maximize the money he can get out of it, which more power to him. You mm -hmm. know, you only got so many years you can wrestle, maximize your money making potential while you're doing it. Um, but at the same time, he's leaving AEW as one of their top guys. Would he be content making a huge paycheck just to be another upper mid, mid Carter in WWE? Yeah. Would Absolutely. that be satisfying to him? Yes. As someone as someone who says he likes to what write his own music or he something. He likes like to that. write his own music. Yeah. Well, he wrote his own music for like three years, and then he found out that unless you're a billionaire, you can't really make your own music. You know, I mean that's that's kind of the truth. Unfortunately, is that you make your own music and you, you encounter a billionaire who says, "Hey, I'll, I'll, you know, we can make music together." And then and then he's like, "Yeah, I don't really want you around anymore, so I'm not going to pay you the money that you think you're worth." You go to WWE and. I don't know. Hey, you know. Honestly, one thing of it, what what has changed recently in Cody's life? He's a dad. Yep. He's a dad. And look how that affected Kevin Owens. Well, I got a family now. So instead of like I would have maybe in my early 30s or late 20s, go hang out with my friends in AEW. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solidify my financial base. Cody being in a Cody would probably look at edge. Anybody would look at edge and say, if I can get that spot, that seems all right. That seems pretty good. If he can have everything Edge has had over the past couple of years, that awesome feud with Orton where they did the greatest match of all time. Mm -hmm. They did that really long, uh, uh, no false count anywhere match, all that kind of goofy stuff. The stuff with uh, uh, Miz and Maurice just now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you can't, as a wrestler, I don't think that any wrestler realistically goes into any situation and says, not these, unless you're Hulk Hogan back like 20 years ago and says, I'm going to be the title guy. I want to be that. No, I think, I mean, hell, Cody wrote himself out of the title scene. Now, somebody here in chat had a great idea, and this is this is actually a terrific idea. 
if they're smart, what they would do is stick Cody on SmackDown and have him make that IC title relevant. He would probably be into that. But I don't know that they care about that kind of shit, you know? I don't know. Because that's the, like WB over the last year, they focused basically 90% of the creative energy on one story, and that's Brock versus Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And in terms of developing true main eventers over the last year or so, there's two names, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Yeah, sure. In the men's division, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like there's plenty of great talent and plenty of people that could be elevated that position. They just don't do it. Mm-hmm. They haven't done it. Mm-hmm. Like Lashley. Is is at the precipice of joining that level of 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 Lesnar and Roman, and if he were to win Elimination Chamber, I think yeah, you you think okay, he's at that level. Mm-hmm. He's not going to win the match, unfortunately, though. Yeah, Lesnar's going to get that title back. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Because WWE is just all in on those two guys right now, and if Cody thinks he's going to WWE and thinks okay, I'm going to be a main eventer now, that's not going to happen. There's one there, not going to happen. You're in the right. Short term, there, no. there are two legitimate main eventers in the men's division, and that's Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. You're absolutely right. You're 100 correct. I don't. I think Cody's probably realistic about that. He's like, you know what? I'm going to get paid, and I want some. I mean, you, he'd have to get some assurance that he's not going to be stardusted out. But at the same time, if he knows that WWE is going to pay him a bunch of money to be the AEW guy, he probably understands. Okay, well, we're going to. WWE, they don't chump out people who make a ton of money. They'll release them sometimes. But yeah. I don't think that they're going to put them on the bench if they're making that much money. I mean, there's just there's not much of a history of it. Um, so I, I think that he's probably realistic. And if he can get a role that's similar to what Edge has, which might include put him on SmackDown uh, in uh, May or June. Over the summer. Well, hell, it doesn't have even have to be SmackDown if Roman's going to have both the titles. Yeah. Yeah, he works a program with Roman. He loses like everybody else does, but he's in the main event, and then he sinks back down to feuds with Rollins, Orton, uh, 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 Riddle. There's a ton of names. There's a ton of names in WWE that are treated pretty AJ Styles, that are treated pretty decently, that are high-profile, upper-mid-card feuds that he'd totally be fine with. That's my that's 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 my thought. I mean, if you know... You can't, not everybody can be the top guy. And in WWE, like you said, there are two top guys, and that's it. There's two top guys, and they don't really care to spend much energy or time seemingly to develop anybody else mm-hmm. consistently yeah. and, 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 and completely. Because, like I yeah. said, Lashley's at, uh, on the verge of it, but unless he wins the chamber match, I don't feel like he's going to enter that, that upper echelon. Yeah. But I mean, Cody, he really has built himself to the point where he can come out, he can work that crowd really, really well. Um, again, I see a lot of parallels between him and Edge. I th- I think that that could be the thing where he says, "Okay, I can I can be I can fulfill that role as well." Maybe Edge is on Raw. You put Cody on SmackDown, and Cody can sort of be that role the on Edge SmackDown, SmackDown as well. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably I think anybody'd be happy with that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, let's talk about something that uh, maybe you will be happy about. Uh, Steve, I got a question for you. Do you want uh, Stone Cold to get back in a wrestling ring? I honestly don't know. <laughs> what? All right. <laughs> you want Stone Cold to get back in a wrestling ring? What? Do you want Stone Cold to get back in a wrestling ring? Oh, well, yeah. Thank you. That's if, what if I was looking for. he gets paid, I guess, right? <laughs> so, Fightful Select reported, like in any other day, this would undoubtedly be the top story. Uh, no kidding. Fightful Select reported Monday night that WB was making uh, some serious overtures to Stone Cold Steve Austin make an in-ring return at WrestleMania 38. Of course, it's happening in Dallas, Texas. Stone Cold's from Texas. Uh, with Wrestling Observer's Brian Alvarez noting that, quote, Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens has been discussed Ooh. at WrestleMania. Austin has been adamant, adamant that he is not interested in getting back in the ring in the, ring, in the squirt circle after retiring back in 2003 after his loss to The Rock at WrestleMania 19. But, I mean, is it possible WWE has offered Austin a sweet enough deal to lure him out of retirement? Well, the money talks, you know. I know. You th- I, I mean, I'm, I doubt this is the first time that Vince is, is throwing a, a potentially massive payday in Stone Cold's direction. Dude, I I don't I don't know. Is this all because yeah. they had to do two for one deals on WrestleMania tickets? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Hey, maybe, maybe. I, dude, I don't like you said. It's all up to Stone Cold. I don't think the dude is hurting for money, but some people like a lot of money. You know, I mean, I, I can name a lot of people that like a lot of money. You and I like money. Uh, but yeah, and look, I, we we talked about this a little bit before the show, in terms of the idea of legacy. I personally, one thing that we're going to talk about the Brock Pat McAfee thing here in a second. One thing Brock said when asked, one of the biggest takeaways was, you're in great shape. How long do you think you could do this for? And he says, as long as I can keep getting paid. And if if you take a look at one of the worst one more matches in history, Shawn Michaels coming back for DX versus Kane and the Undertaker. It was terrible. Terrible match. Everybody in the match will admit that was a terrible match. And HBK is, I think, said either privately or publicly or both. I don't want to do this again. It was a mistake to come back for it. That being said, I don't think he thinks his bank account looks terribly, uh, looks all that bad afterwards. And number two, I don't think anybody, at least, hey, on the numbers don't lie here going in raw, did I give uh, Shawn Michaels, did you give Shawn Michaels a, a, a nine instead of a 10 for best in-ring ever or knock him down for his legacy because of the Saudi show? I didn't. Uh, 
I don't think anybody gives it. Honestly, nobody really should give a shit about legacy because wrestlers all the time. Well, here's the thing. Come here's back. Thing. And I agree with you with, for, in terms of fans. Individual wrestlers and how they look at their own legacy might differ because obviously Shawn Michaels did it. That was a good idea. Did it and then evidently regretted doing it. You know, and had impact in terms of how they look back on their own careers. Because there is something to be said about going out relatively on top. There's something to be said for that. Not overstaying your welcome. Yeah, but who's done that? Who's who's actually Don't call this. Don't call this. Yeah, he's the one guy, but who else? I know. I know. And and you seem to take pride of that. If you seem to take pride of that, though. Uh, All he, he talks sh- about is. He shouldn't. Who cares? He should stone cold. Go take the money, man. Nobody cares about that shit. They had Ric Flair retire. He didn't want to retire. He would still be wrestling today. Hulk Hogan would still be wrestling today. Undertaker would still be wrestling today. Hell, I wouldn't bodies, be surprised if their bodies could. I know could could handle the wear and tear. I'm sure they all would. Yeah, I I just I think that that uh, I don't know. Look, I would love. I honestly, now that I think about it, I'd love to see it. Why not? You know, I mean, I don't know what, how, I don't know. Yeah, you know, sure, do it again. Come back. He looks great. He's he in looks, great shape. He looks he's amazing. He's kept himself in awesome shape. You know, we, I think he said that he could do it. For the promos alone, you do it. For the promos alone, I'm bummed out that he didn't come back against CM Punk. Because <laughs> I guarantee their promos would be a whole lot better than that what was, what shitty was the, interview. The, the time ship? If Go only we had a ship. if we had a time ship. Unfortunately, we ain't got a time ship. Yeah, pure speculation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of all of the developments that have that that broke over the last twenty four hours, the one that would end up be the most surprising and downright shocking to me was actually Stone Cold coming back at Russell. Yeah, I would be pretty floored if that were to happen. I understand money talks at the end of the day, but for twenty years almost, he has been consistent, saying not interested. Yeah, but Don't dude, do it. it was all somebody brought this up in this sort of I, I remember this too. Uh, you know, he was what was it? He was talking, trying to get Heyman into a Brock Texas deathmatch. Now I know he was just promoing there, but um I don't know. I look, I, I think I think one thing that I'll I'll point this out. One thing that was that has been proved with certain Goldberg matches, the last one against Lashley. Mm-hmm is that those wrestlers are pretty darn creative. They can find ways around the obvious physical limitations of some oh, of yeah, these wrestlers. Sting obviously. has figured that out at 62 yeah. or whatever he is. Yeah. Um I think that 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 may and maybe honestly maybe Stone Cold I'm just going to throw this out there. Maybe he has said that all these years because science and medicine hasn't caught up to what he needs for his body to come through and perform in one last decent match. Maybe we're at a point out, shit, Ray Mysterio, that dude is, what is he like? He's around our age. I think he's probably a little bit older than us. Like 40, yeah, I think he's a bit, he's a bit 46 older maybe. Edge is as old as he is. And a lot of that, if, if you had asked them 20 years ago, do you think he'd still be doing this given what was available at the time with science and medicine? Maybe Stone Cold's at a point now where he's like, man, maybe he's been seeing people. Maybe he's been doing certain things, stem cells or whatever the hell they put in their bodies. Um, and maybe he's at a, 47, by the way. Gee, 
he's 47. He moves like he's 32, man. I know. It's I know. nuts. Maybe Stone Cold is at a point where he's like, man, given all the advancements these days, I could totally do it. But I done talked myself into a corner talking about my legacy. Open up the bag, son. Let me get paid. We'll see. Speaking yeah. of getting paid, Brock Lesnar, he's getting paid these days. Oh, man. Uh, he seems very happy. He seems to be having a great time. He was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing. I saw some clips, and it was wildly entertaining. It really seems like for the first time in a long time, Brock is actually is really having fun. And maybe he was having fun before. We just couldn't tell. Now it seems like he's having an absolute blast. It's kind of a shame. I watched the entire thing last night. Uh, it's 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 all, I, I mentioned this also on Twitter. It's kind of a shame that like WWE didn't try to pull the trigger on this version mm-hmm. of Brock a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, there were years when he would just sort of with the title right here doing this while Heyman would just talk, talk, talk. And I got kind of uh, redundant. Yep. But uh, but this this version of Brock Lesnar is an absolute blast seeing him open up on Pat McAfee's show. It was it was even a stark contrast between this and the Brock that we saw in the Broken Skull sessions. Oh yeah, um, where he came off as kind aloof. of a, a grumpy bully, to be honest yeah. with you. And aloof yeah, is is a great word. He he really came off them as the most down to earth sort of person, um, Brock that there could be. He did, you know, when when we saw him on the Broken Skull sessions, it seemed like he outright didn't really like being around people. Yeah, and in this Pat McAfee thing, he basically said, "Yeah, because I, I get anxiety." You know, yeah. he's like, "No, he I'm did not... say that. So I don't like being around people." Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and and he says, and he said outright in this, "It's not that I don't like people. I do like people, but I just get anxious around them." You know, because of that spotlight. He said some really interesting, very almost vulnerable things in this interview. I thought it was, I thought it was fascinating and incredibly entertaining. He does have a pretty decent stone cold Steve Austin impression, which he, mm-hmm. he unveiled on the show. Not quite as good as me. Uh, I wouldn't say that of course to his face, of course uh, not. but ripped in half, but I would be ripped in half immediately. Um, but what 54 or 56 inch chest. He said his suit was like a 54 inch chest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's nuts. Um, but uh, but no, he had, he had a lot of. I'll just sort of keep it brief here. He had a lot of interesting things to say. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. They asked him how much longer he can see himself wrestling. He said, "As long as I keep getting paid." But the caveat to that is, I think what he really meant was, "As long as I'm still enjoying it," because he seems to be doing it. He said exclu- explicitly, "I'm doing this because I still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I don't need the money because I've been really smart with my money." I'm doing this because I enjoy it. And he's getting a really big kick out of it at this mm-hmm. point. Um, so I think that we're probably going to have Brock around for a while, you know, yeah. just doing it as yeah. long as he's doing stuff that he likes. He really put over his relationship with Vince McMahon. Um, he said, you know, Vince and I have had our ups and downs, been a very love hate relationship, but you know, he says, Vince signed me to a huge money deal when I first started and six months later, I told him to kick rocks, and he wasn't happy about that, understandably. He sort of sees Vince's point of view. Um, similarly, about Vince's point of view, he says the younger generation of wrestlers only care about doing moves. cool moves <laughs> and not getting over. I, you know, there is that sort of old-school mentality where it's it's on the wrestler to get themselves over, and and wrestlers need to figure out how to do it. And yeah. you and I both kind of think that 
it you need some help there with creative, yeah. right? You need a path to go on that'll actually lead to you getting over. You know, you hear Britt Pritchard talk about all these gimmicks and, and angles they pitched to wrestlers and actually started, and they don't work. And not more often than not, they'll say, "Well, they weren't invested." Yeah, yeah, they didn't work hard enough to get it over. Mm-hmm. And it's like you just put them in in a dog shit position. You're they're probably going to end up in a dog shit position. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting, you know, when Seth was on there two days ago or three days ago, they were talking about Mount Rushmore's, yeah. and Brock wanted none of that conversation because Pat was like, you know, Seth talked about there being a Mount Rushmore of in ring and a Mount Rushmore of, of of making money, yeah, of making money. And he says, you know, you'd be on a lot of people's Mount Rushmore's. He says, I don't care about that. He says, I don't care. I don't care one bit about what anybody thinks about me or my legacy in pro wrestling. And he said this, I care about being a good person and a good father, <laughs> which is uh, an interesting outlook to have. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, uh, he says, you know, as, in terms of Mount Rushmore's, he's like, there's not just four guys. He's like, there's a ton of guys. He's like, I came up with guys like Taker, Austin, uh, uh, Flair, Hogan. He says, I was lucky enough to wrestle all the greats. He said, the one guy I, that I really wish I had a chance to wrestle was Steve Austin, mm-hmm. which who knows, maybe at 39 we'll get Austin versus Brock Lesnar if they both enjoy yeah. doing this. They seem to get yeah. along pretty well. Yeah. Um, I mean, because he talked about just recently, I think, having dinner with him or talking to him or something. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he, he mentioned you know Dana White because Pat asked him about his relationship with Dana White. He was like, now it's a lot different than it is with Vince McMahon. He says, I see some similarities, but they're very different people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I got the feeling that he doesn't feel near the amount of, of, of kinship, I guess with the, the, with Vince McMahon that he does with Dana White. Like, I think he, he's a lot closer to Vince than he is Dana yeah, yeah, White. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he sort of, he says, you know, the thing he says, he doesn't really follow UFC a lot that much. He says, because, they don't know how to. He said they don't know how to book their guys. He says, you know, you need to you need to protect your guys a bit on the way up to build them into superstars. Yeah. As opposed to just big money fights every single week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. the turnover is a lot bigger. So I thought that was yeah. pretty interesting. That is interesting. That he feels the UFC needs to take a more WWE approach, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Which the argument I guess could be made because it doesn't seem like UFC. I mean, back when I was watching ten years ago, fifteen years ago, you know the there. I just feel like there's not a lot more Anderson Silva's as there was. There's a lot fewer then. kind of household names in UFC yeah. than there was probably yeah. Yeah, 10 years ago. You know, I think most people know who Conor McGregor is. Obviously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but let's see here. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, that was sort of the bigger, the bigger aspects of it mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, the guy's about making money, but he also doesn't like to do things he doesn't enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he enjoys butchering animals, he says, <laughs> which is his way of just saying, you know, he hunts his meat and then he eats his meat. Yeah. And that's where he linked up with the, the bearded butchers. And he's got his own line of, of Brock Lesnar seasoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and and I can appreciate that. You know, I, I'm, I'm a meat eater. I don't I don't hunt my own meat, Nor but I can I, I can appreciate somebody who goes out there and does it to eat their meat. Yeah, um, um, it was it was pretty shocking to hear that he's been doing the the, the keto stuff for eight years. Because my understanding is that's not something that's supposed to be done long term. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's just that that body of his is otherworldly. I don't know. It really, is. I, I don't know that life right there. So, 
No, I don't uh, either. Yeah, but no, he, he talked about he's had the same trainer for like the past 17 years or something. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, that's been like a long-term long-term relationship seemingly. But uh, but no, yeah, he seems, I mean, as down-to-earth as you'd expect a guy. Certainly a lot more down-to-earth than the guy that we saw in Broken Skull Sessions. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just a little bit I saw was, was he, he looked, he seemed happy, relatable, mm-hmm, genuine, yeah, yeah. comfortable. Yeah, yeah. He said yeah, he's he was basically none around. of those things, none of those things on on the Broken Skull podcast. Yeah, he was clowning around with Pat quite a bit. Pat's got a the bit, he's, the Pat's got like the table. six guys, six wingmen there. I know, you know, just that sort of you know he just throws to them for for silly little gimmicks here and there. Yeah, um, but uh, but no, I thought it was it was it's definitely it's definitely something to check out. It, it's it's a good interview if you have any uh, interest in uh, in Brock Lesnar is yeah. a good one. Uh, speaking of Brock, he was on Raw last night. He Briefly. was on Raw last night. Yeah, ever since uh, the Raws go home for Elimination Chamber. Uh, all in all, I thought it was it was a pretty decent show. Anytime you give me a, 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 a the highlight of Elimination Chamber season for me is always the gauntlet match or the gauntlet matches that precede the chamber match. Yeah, right. I love me a good gauntlet match. Gauntlets There's are great. so many stories you can tell over the span of I don't know an hour amongst those five matches. Mm-hmm, yeah, or four matches in this instance. Um, yeah, it's great. Of course, you go back a few years back. Seth Rollins was in the ring for about an hour. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that one year, uh, Rhea was in the ring for about forty-four minutes last night. She was yeah. the one of the first two to start. She made it all the way to the last match against Bianca. A uh, hell of a performance last night from Rhea Ripley. Uh, went in three of the four matches she was in. Um, and you know the solid main event. Like the opening segment to hype up the chamber match was kind of uh, for the most part fairly unnecessary. Um, but otherwise, it was really, I, long. It was really, it was really long. long. I thought yeah. the contract signing was fun. I thought Becky's approach to that, where she was at, you know, how often she's have we seen mess. Yeah. she was a mess? Like she's actually conflicted about having to, to have a match against her her idol, and then beat her. You know, what I appreciate about appreciate about Becky Lynch ever since she's been back is that every few that she's been in, she approaches different. You yeah. know, it's not like the same shit over and over again. It's like it's 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 tailored to. The individual that story. situation to that, that story. story. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I appreciate that stuff. Yeah, totally. And she came out and she, you know, usually she has her, her hair really done. She's wearing like some really spectacular outfit. She had her hair like she just put it up right before she went out there. She had like a jean jacket on and looked like some sweatpants. She, she had rolled like up a little bit. Go run some errands real quick. It looked like it. Um, And like you could see it on her face, just how she talked. Mm-hmm. That she'll take this match because she has to. But by no means does she want to have this match. Not because she's scared of Lita. Lita means so much to her. Yeah, yeah. That she doesn't want to have to beat her. Yeah, yeah. And the idea, you know, you, you know, kind of the idea is like you admire somebody, you look up to somebody, mm-hmm. and now you're put in a position where you have to best them. Mm-hmm. That's got to be tough. Yeah. No, and I Becky know. made that really relatable last night. I thought yeah. that was it was it was fantastic. No, fantastic. This, that's gonna be that's gonna be a good match, man. That's gonna be a really yeah, good match. Um, yeah, Chambers Chambers shaping up to be a, a pretty decent card for for a Saudi show, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, we're going to be doing our live reactions to that 9 a.m. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna have my DoorDash loaded up, get some yeah. the griddles. I'm gonna I'm gonna with my robe. I'm gonna wander over to the to the old computer here, fire mm-hmm. it up. Not gonna be putting It'll my makeup some... on. Okay, 
No, maybe I'll not. make some waffles. Yeah, I'll make some waffles for myself. That's good. You're not really. You're gonna you're gonna pass up the opportunity to, I'm, to for I'm, some McGriddles. I'm, I'm thinking about getting some Sizzler Saturday night to fit in with the idea that it's sizzling Saturday hey, steaks. Hey, live a little, man. Live a little. Do both. I think ordering Sizzler is taking a pretty significant risk. Do honestly. both. Do both. I don't know, man. Come on, that, man. Like Do this both. weekend, I, I ate a bunch of rich food, it's and by the time it's one day. Let me finish. Oh, okay. By the time the end of day Sunday rolled around, ugh. Oh man, I'm yeah. feeling the greatest. I feel great. Body is just not used to eating that much rich. It's all good. Hey, we don't have anything else going on the rest of the day. Oh, that's right, we do. Triple yeah. A, triple A, triple A. Ah, sorry, Ray to Reyes. Holy crap, that's gonna be a killer show. I wonder if we're gonna it get a mark. Do we even know? Like, it's apparently is it on fight, or we're we gonna have to watch fight, uh, yeah. Lucha it's Blog. Fight. Okay, it's fight. All right. It's priced at twenty dollars. I saw. That's cool. Uh, anyways, let's. Uh, I guess just sort of dive into this. I'm, we're gonna yeah. sort of break this down as sort of briefly as possible. Yeah, we'll kind of do more of a run through because. Can we talk about segment. first about Ray Mysterio sort of likening his relationship with well, his son? Well, I, I fast forward through that because I was trying to like watch as much at Raw as I could last night and avoid commercials and stuff. And that, I know that was an ad deal with a movie called Dog. Yeah, and Channing I was like, Tatum All right, this Dog. is this is a, this is essentially going to be a commercial for movie Dog. I could pass, but you're saying this was essential viewing. I might go check out that Dog movie because I'm in for a good cry. I don't think Dog's gonna die at the end. I feel like this is. I feel like Dog is gonna survive the movie. Does that mean uh, Channing Tatum is gonna pass at the end? Then I think they're both gonna and Dog live. survives. Look, oh, how are they right. gonna justify Dog Two or Dogs? It's probably gonna be Dogs. Maybe Dog goes on to a new family. I don't know. Oh, it's gotta have Channing Tatum again. Maybe he picks up uh, uh, what's his name, Jonah Hill, along the way. Oh yeah, it could be. They merge it into the Twenty One Jump Street universe, and then eventually take that over to the Men in Black universe, which is the too, biggest bummer supposed- they never did. Uh, they were supposed to do that, man. That would have been solid. Um, Never did it. Yeah, no, they had this They had this little ad integration. It was not in the notes. I'm going to talk about it really quick because I did a double yeah. take. I was like, the premise of this, as they show clips of Channing Tatum and Dog, I don't know the dog's name, so I'm just going to refer to it as Dog. That's uh, fine. Ray is like, you know, uh, all relationships, there's something special at the heart of them, whether it's between man and dog or man and Dom. And uh, and he's talking about himself and, and his son, Walter. And so, uh, so yeah, they're just talking about like Dom is like, oh yeah, I've always been loyal to my dad. <laughs> and, and then they show a picture of like Dog and Channing Tatum like hugging or something or in a bath together. <laughs> I was like, wow. this is the whole the whole premise. Of this? Like, who came up with the premise of this shit? Well, it's a relationship. <laughs> Remember how back in the Machinima days, you and I have to come had to come up with like ideas. We had to pitch ideas for ad integrations, yeah. Yeah. and it was always like the most the stupidest most fabricated shit that was great anyways interesting interesting yeah. i i, I missed and at the end I'm like ray, ray ray throws a ball to dom and he goes running after it on all fours it was weird it got really weird i'm surprised that you is, fast forward strange there was hmm. a part where dom was like in the middle of the park and he starts squatting <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> did ray did ray pick it up uh no of course not what kind of idiot he, he looked like an asshole it's disappointing gypsy did that again today on our you know, there's a stretch uh, south of my place yeah. where there's apartments. Someone that lives in that apartment does not pick up after the dog, and it is literally 15 straight feet of dog crap, and it smells awful. Oh, yeah. You should do something about it. You should pick it up. It's not my animal. Not my responsibility. <laughs> it's not your dog. It's the pet owner's responsibility to pick, pick up after their dog. Yeah. It's terrible. Sometimes there's crap oh. on the sidewalk. Oh, it's terrible. It's so awful. 
tragic. Pick up after their. It's tragic. I'm not saying it's tragic. Tragic. I'm saying it's inconsiderate. People should pick up after their animals, including you, Steve. So the show opened up with uh, Bobby Lashley, the MVP, coming out to the ring. Uh, it's pretty much Lashley putting over Chamber. Uh, MVP says there's a lot of competitors in this match. None of them are the Almighty. Seth comes out. He's he's doing a good news, bad news thing. Good news. You look great, Bob, because he had a nice leather jacket and shirt. Oh, he looked great. And Seth had like a, I don't know, like a gold foil suit. Oh, man. It was amazing. It was awesome, man. It was great. It was amazing. But apparently he said, uh, uh, bad news. I'm leaving Chamber. Champion. Uh, Riddle comes out next. He's like, hey, what's with all this math? Because MVP was doing some uh, Steiner-ish math. Um, and Riddle's like, I thought the quiz bowl was last week. I got the sweet toga. He just invites everybody to his toga party mm-hmm. and it says, Hey, if I win at chamber, I'll be champion. Then two weeks if Randy and I win the tag titles back, I'll be double champ. Austin theory comes out. says, Vince has taught me a bunch of lessons. Uh, expect the unexpected. Uh, if you can't beat opponents one way, beat another way. Apologies are a weakness. I'm going to take all those lessons, apply them to chamber. When I win, AJ is out next. And he wonders what Austin Theory is talking about. He asks if his lips have been on Vince's ass so long. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, and he, he says, I'm, I'm the only one here that's been in the chamber. Or I said, I've been in the chamber before. The odds are in no one's favor. Uh, and he says, uh, I'm a, Bobby, I'm going to stop you from getting. I'm going to stop. I'm going to win and I'm gonna get my own defining WrestleMania moment because I'm going to beat Damian Priest tonight. I will walk in with two belts to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Riddle, again, just asks everybody to come to his toga party. Lashley says, enough. Uh, he just tells everybody why they have no chance winning and says to Brock, this is the closest you ever get to the WWE title because he's walking out. Uh, Chamber is champ. Brock comes down. He's got a sweater on. He's got a cowboy hat. He takes the sweater off, puts it over Austin Theory's shoulder, takes his hat off, put it on Austin Theory's head like he's a coat rack, essentially. <laughs> yeah. He gets right in Lashley's face. They're talking some trash. Theory, trying to take Brock by surprise, tries to jump him from behind. Brock just kind of dumps him over his head, hits him with a bunch of suplexes, F5, puts his hat back on, takes a selfie with Austin Theory. The, selfie, the, the, the selfie's ring. pretty great, too. Like, it's 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 online. You can see it. It's pretty awesome. It is pretty funny, but so much of what the, the, the substance of this 12-minute promo, it's the fill time. Yeah, you know, you never know if you're going to get like something good like that. Uh, uh, It was like, I guess, before Money in the Bank, like five years ago, like 2017, something like that. They're all sitting on ladders. Jericho and all them. They're all sitting on ladders. That was pretty good. It was probably pretty long. This is pretty long. Eh, Did we need it? Probably not. But I didn't advance any of the stories per se. No, it really didn't. But it gives you an idea of who's in the match i guess guess (laughs) you could do that with a card but whatever anyways you really could Uh, after that we had a really quick street profits promo uh the typing up this episode of raw and sci-fi which apparently did pretty good at 1.6 million yeah that's pretty pretty good good number yeah then we had street profits versus dirty dogs we had tomaso champa on commentary and he helped affect the outcome of the match do you think that they're gonna was this his call up I, i i appreciate it it's not but i appreciate that they're doing Imagine if they had done this before, bringing people to NXT and then like people that they sort of fish and bring out to sort of scout yeah. them and, 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 and advance that feud on main roster so that people then turn their attentions back yeah, to made a ton of sense. NXT. They should have done that back in the day. It seemed like they're all involved in stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So Tomasa Champa was on commentary. Uh, the end saw uh, uh, Champa sort of distracting Dolph because Dolph ends up on the outside. Champa gets in his face. Uh, Dolph acts like he's going to super kick him. Champa flinches, 
Uh, uh, then he picks up a cup of water, throws it at Dolph. Dolph acts like he's melting. Uh, that distracts Rude. He gets hit with a spine buster from Dawkins and then a frog splash from Ford for the win. Afterwards, Dolph hits Champa with a super kick, rolls in the ring. Dawkins looks to hit a spine buster on him, but he escapes and rolls back out. So that match is not, I, I'm assuming we can, we're going to expect to see Dolph at uh, Vengeance Day tonight. You'd think so. Yeah. You'd think so. Which, by the way, we're going to be doing our live reactions to that. Yes. Start right here on the Twitch well. Pacific. Yes, so we're starting our predictions challenge for the month with that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got our first look at the RK Broga party. So Riddle's in there. He's asking if everybody's ready to party. He's wondering where Randy is at because he's not there. Where's Randy? And Zelina is standing right next to Riddle and says, I don't know. I think this party's for me. And Riddle says, no. And he starts Broga, Broga chant. We cut to the locker room and Randy's wincing looking mm-hmm. at this. On a monitor, Kevin Patrick steps in, and he's asking Randy, why aren't you there? And Randy says, I guess I'm just not a Broga type of guy, Broga party type of guy. Besides, I got a match tonight with Seth. He's one of the most crafty superstars in the locker room. Uh, he says, uh, Seth's already planning to win the title on Saturday, but that's Saturday. Today is Monday. Since it's Monday, Seth's going to get hit with the most destructive letters. Sports Entertainment, RKO. After that, we had that awesome Rocky Johnson it's video great. package that we already saw, but it was still great. That dude could great. have been even bigger than he was. Uh, after that, we had a Kevin Owens promo where he says he's a realist at this point. He doesn't think he's going to be in the chamber match, which means he probably won't be at Mania this year, and that really bothers him. But the one good thing about not going to Mania is that it means he's not going to have to compete in Dallas. He says, you know, last week I said glowing things about Texas. He says, then WWE went and posted a poll, and the people of Texas uh, started calling me names, questioning my integrity, whether I was lying. He says, last week I was lying, but right now I'm telling the truth. I can't stand Texas. I despise Texas and everything about it. He says, I'm from Canada where the populace is informed and educated, unlike the people of Texas. He says, if North America is the human body, Texas would be its ass. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like California, like if, like if you're looking at, like, America kind of looks like a dog. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. And if Florida is the is is the is the front legs, Cal, yeah, and the dog yeah. is squatting, then L.A. Yeah. would or San Diego would be like the ass. Texas would All be right. like the hind leg. It'd be the like the the yeah the the hind, the hind foot yeah hind foot and leg yeah. yes. Uh, anyways, anyways, after that so we had AJ Styles, AJ versus, Styles Damian versus Damian Priest. Priest. This was a fine enough match. I did like how they called back to the finish of the previous one where uh, AJ's on the apron. He and Priest are fighting a bit. Priest runs the ropes, allows AJ to hit a phenomenal form. They ran that back, mm-hmm. except this time, Priest put the brakes on when AJ was going for the phenomenal form. Instead, rolls up AJ to get the win, and AJ was like, you got me. Mm-hmm. You got me that time. They shook yeah. hands. Yeah, yeah. So no advancement of the Damien slash Priest? There was no Damien. It was all thing. Priest. Yeah, it was all Priest. He didn't lose his temper at all. Yeah. So who knows? That's maybe cool. they're walking back from that, which would be a great idea. Yeah, just make, him, just make him just make him cool, dude. Yeah, we'll see if they actually walk that back. Uh, after that, we had Alexa Bliss therapy session. Uh, this is the first of I think two, right? Two, yeah, for, for the night. Uh, she says for the first time in a long time she's happy. Therapist says you're entitled to a gift, and he pulls out the remnants of Lily. He says this is the gift to her, so you can be at peace. And uh, Bliss takes a deep breath, closes her eyes, opens them, and smiles. Therapist uh, gets a, a shop zone, WWE shop zone, Lily doll, says he has an idea. We picked that up 
a little bit later. First, we get yeah. Amos versus the Hurt Business, which is evidently at this point Shelton and Cedric Alexander. I know that MVP and, and Lashley don't really use that name anymore. However, they were kicked out of the Hurt Business. They uh, were kicked out of the Hurt Business, lobby to get back in, were denied. So they just, I mean, I guess this is the brass ring type situation because they're like, if we can't be in the Hurt Business, we're going to be the Hurt Business. I guess. Because they call it. It just just feels like they haven't gotten around to doing any sort of repackaging for them yet. I know. I hate that. I hate that so much. That is like one of my pet peeves is when is this kind of stuff. If these guys had any in-universe, I know it's not up to these guys, actually. But if they had any self-respect, they would just rebrand themselves as something new. I know. How about the gold standards? <laughs> or there something you go. like that. I don't know. Or just know. the gold standard. They're yeah. the gold standard for the tag division. Right? They can keep they can keep like a lot of the same gear, just take hurt business references off their stuff, and then they're fine. I know, exactly. Because all the gold gear looks awesome. It looks amazing. Anyway, anyways, this is a squash. Moss wins he hits this choke bomb finish on Cedric. This he was annihilating both of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they need to worry about getting a little bit better in the ring together before they start worrying about rebranding. Anyways, uh, after that. Well, I mean, we'll... Uh, hey, I mean, maybe the rebrand is is the start of it's a fresh start, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe they do need to do the rebrand. And then from there. That's a good point. You know, improve. Yeah. Don't take on a, a Moss and handicap matches. And that's probably part of it, too. Uh, after that, we had uh, Dana and Reggie out at dinner. Uh, this whole friend zone story continues. Uh, we get Tazawa and Tamina sneaking onto another table behind them. We get a bit more of that a little bit later. I thought Tamina was pretty funny in this little short bit. So, yeah, I did too. I did too. Uh, we're back at the Broga party. Riddle's giving uh, Kevin a pep talk. The prophets walk in. They want to play some beer pong. I wonder if they did that all in uh, uh, like a If first so, take. that's pretty impressive because Dawkins sunk If that. that was live, that is damn impressive. If that was yeah. live, that'd be you holy sunk shit. That. Without a bounce, I know. That. Yeah, just that cold. Impressive. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Let me get the Becky Lynch uh, Lita contract signing. So Adam Pierce introduces Lita first, then Becky. And like she's just walking out utterly deflated. Deflated. So yeah, she tells Lita, she's an absolute mess. So she tells Lita, you don't have to do this. She says, I haven't slept all week thinking about this, thinking about my teenage idol coming after me so close to WrestleMania um, says, uh, well, but we'll put that as uh, we can put that all aside. You can tear up this contract and walk out of here. We don't have to do this. says, Lita, you've had a great career. One of the best ever do it. What else do you have to prove? Just leave now. And your legacy is intact. <laughs> um, yeah. You don't want to fight me. I don't want to fight you. Uh, it's only these fans that want to see this and we don't need to play their game anymore. We don't need to let them control our destiny. Don't let them do this to us. And, and Lita asked the crowd, should I tear up the contract or sign it? Shut up Becky for good. And Lita says, I didn't come this far just to walk away. I didn't come here for one more match. I came back for another run, a title run. I know, Becky, you're scared because I saw, I know, Becky, you're scared because you saw that I still have what it takes to beat you. Um, you don't have to like it, but this match is happening. And Becky tells Lita, that's you're pushing me to a point that I don't want to go to, and I don't think I can come back from it. If you push me there, you have no idea what I'm capable of to keep this title on my shoulder. It says, I've studied your career. I know all your weaknesses. And don't think I won't go right after your neck. Yeah. And uh, he says, and you're going to be the one that made me do it. Right now, when people think of her, they remember Lita with a smile on their face. When I'm done, 
they're gonna remember Lita and have a tear in their eye. And she kind of hastily signs the contract yeah. and then pushes over to, to Lita. And Lita takes it and says, you know, if I had a hand in creating you, then it's on me to finish it. The only thing that's ending Saturday is your 500-day title reign when I become champ. And she's about to sign the contract. Becky picks it up and, like, chucks it at her. Yeah. And, and then she gets off. up and leaves. Yeah. yeah. It was really good. It was a really good segment. Yeah, I thought I thought it was really solid. Uh, after that, we had the Women's Chamber Gauntlet match kicked off with Rhea Ripley versus uh, Nikki A.S.H. Of course, everybody had promos here throughout the entire thing. Rhea yes. kicked it off, said the chamber's full of brutality, et cetera, et cetera. Nikki had a promo. Uh, talks about what it's like to be a hero, even if that means unmasking the so-called good guys like Rhea. She can't wait to win at the chamber and inspire people by being the hero they must admire. She lost with Riptide. She did. She did. Lose. <laughs> she's, she, she's lost twice to Rhea now, so she's got to be the one that eventually uh, eliminates Rhea from this chamber match, I would think. You would think so? But this but might also not. be the kind of thing where they're like not actually telling a story, they're just familiar enough with themselves in the ring that they like matching them up. Um, after that, Liv Morgan comes out. I thought this was uh, some there was some pretty cool stuff here, mm-hmm. but in the end, Rhea Ripley won with a riptide. Uh, yes. After that, we had Dewdrop. Of course, Rhea Ripley's already busted up, so hitting that riptide on Dewdrop would be yeah. extra hard. But guess what? She got the Riptide. She did. This, I thought this, this, the last two. I mean, they're all really fun matches. The Dewdrop one was especially. a lot of fun. It was it, really it was cool. Physical. It was really physical. It yeah. was really physical. That, that it was really enjoyable. And then, yeah. yeah so, anyways, continues when it gets. So yeah, it was a uh, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair was the last one, uh, and uh, and yeah. So Bianca wins this. It was it was a really really good bit here, uh, where she tried to get the KOD. She couldn't get it, but then eventually she did. Um, and then she really, you know, put over Rhea at the end and, and commentary mm-hmm. is really putting over. And I'm wondering, I'm like, would it have been too much? I know like this kind of thing, especially if they run with it with Rhea in some mm-hmm. way, shape or form could do great things for her career. But given that you want, you're sort of all hands on deck with Bianca at this point heading into mania. Cause you and I both think she's going to win this thing and then she's going to yeah. go on to mania. Yeah. Would this, would it have been a smarter move to put Bianca in the Rhea position here? I thought that too. Yeah. I thought that too. And then focus then, on Rhea in some other way. Maybe yeah. in the chamber itself. I don't know. Yeah, because I thought either either have Bianca run through the gauntlet and win that and become a, come out last at the chamber or have her be one of the early entrants to the chamber and last till the end. Mm-hmm. And now they, instead they have her come out last in this gauntlet match win it now she's the last out in the chamber yeah yeah i know i know um so yeah i don't know and also like bianca getting the does anything about this say say that bianca won't win the chamber match because it's kind of isn't it like too easy of a path for her she comes out last year comes out too easy like she could have she they could have put bianca in the Rhea position in terms of coming out first and going through the first three matches and then I know it would have made sense in, in, in one aspect. Actually, it made sense. It would have made sense if Becky had cost her. I know Becky's, you know, distracted with the Lita thing. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like she feels Becky feels so crappy right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe she needed to cost Bianca an advantage in the chamber match to make herself feel better or something. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it would have made sense to have Becky come out and 
and, and interfere or something to happen so Bianca didn't get the the final spot. Yeah, yeah. it would have made sense. I'm just I'm I am starting to get I don't know. We'll see what happens at the we'll see what happens at the chamber. Um, I mean, what's what I mean? Do you do you think? Who do you think? Uh, well, Alexa was could be. Alexa was the late. She was the late yeah. addition to the chamber, and they did it. I thought they, I thought the execution was kind of corny, but I actually kind of liked how she had to go through these weeks and weeks of therapy to get to the point. And even like the closure of the therapy was really kind of weird. How yeah. he says "don't," which on surface value seemed like, oh, this guy's just a terrible therapist. But then you have to ask yourself. Is this going on in like Alexa's head? Is is exactly. she resolving is this, even real this in the first place? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, because he's like, don't make sure Lily does not leave your side. Otherwise, mm-hmm. and then you have like a Damian Priest situation where okay, the the bad version of her is going to come out yeah. if something happens to Lily again. Yeah, I dude, I it's kind of all open. Like you get this Rhea Ripley performance, which you know Vince probably loved. You know how Vince is with his whims, and you got Alexa Bliss coming back at the last second. I don't know that Bianca's the match of Mania. I just don't know. I don't know. The path, it'd be really, it'd be really strange long. if they don't do, do, they don't do Becky. They didn't do Becky Ronda, and they end up not doing Becky and Bianca. It'd be really strange. I think Vince. I, I think it's not that strange. I think that Vince sees Charlotte up there with Becky. I think that's how he sees Charlotte. I think that for him, it's a wash. It's like, oh well, Ronda. No, we I want Ronda on our biggest show. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying if you're not going to do Becky and Ronda, which just based on looking at the situation, you think that'd be the money match they they would do because they wanted it for so long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and Becky pinned her at WrestleMania, the main yeah. event. You you know you think all right, first thing Ronda's going to do is go after Becky. Yeah. They they went with Charlotte, and I get why. Everything you said, um, and they tried their best to have Ronda justify it, even though it was kind of flimsy, yeah. um. But then you'd assume Ronda Charlotte would happen because they're going to do Becky and Bianca. Mm-hmm. But then if that match doesn't happen, the whole thing seems weird. It's not weird if they want, like they're all in, they're all about win now. And yes, you make a bigger, brighter star for Bianca Belair by beating Becky at Mania. But even if she beats Becky at Mania, she's not as big a star as Becky is right now. And so I wonder if they simply want to keep the title on whoever the biggest star is. And that would be Becky Lynch. And so you don't do Becky Bianca at WrestleMania. Maybe you maybe you think to push that to SummerSlam. And you try to build up Bianca even more until then, if that's the right time to do it. But I think they're prob- they probably are just thinking... Let's do Alexa or let's do Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley might be a great choice. You get Rhea Ripley versus Becky at WrestleMania. Becky wins and you're protecting Bianca, but not really advancing her story in the meantime. Because that's the thing. It's like they've done. She wins the, the, the women's rumble there or whatever. They've, they've done a really good job of, of keeping Bianca strong. Like, I don't know what else. Like she's pretty, she's pretty much beat everybody else in the in on the Raw Women's Division. They could do much. this. They could. They what if they do this? I mean, you have more people here now. You got Rhea, you got Alexa, you got Nikki Ash. What if on the road to SummerSlam you have programs with all three of them, with Bianca? She beats them all coming out SummerSlam. Maybe she looks even bigger at SummerSlam. And I just that's don't know when, how that's necessarily going to. Sorry, one year anniversary. I understand that, but I just don't really understand how that's going to advance the story between Bianca and Becky. After Becky already cost her that match, 
uh, a few weeks back. Like you just have Bianca winning a bunch and you have Becky winning a bunch and then yeah, it's it's building up the, the bigger match. I know, but, it, but I felt on the like, one year anniversary. Like, but I felt like that built is the the build is good now for that match. It's there. It's good on the largest possible stage. You do to WrestleMania. Why have good when you can have great? <laughs> I'm yeah. starting to have doubts. I got doubts, man. I got doubts. We'll see. Well, I got doubts too, just because I don't know what the hell Vince is thinking. Uh, so we're back at the Broga party, and Riddle is strumming guitar and singing some song alpha academy come in they attack him says party's over uh blast riddle in the gut with guitar mm-hmm. yeah uh after that back to reggie and dana at dinner truth walks in according to your notes here as poorly disguised waiter <laughs> yeah he was not he was it was it was not a very good disguise it's, he always has the worst disguises uh reggie attacks him tells dana to run she does right into akira tozawa and tamina they manage to escape though Reggie wants to know if they can take their relationship to another level. And she's like, we're good friends. And he says, I understand. <laughs> and then he rolls her up and gets the title back. <laughs> oh, and then Truth comes over and says, you've been friend zoned. That was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> this is where we had the dog thing, right? With Dom and Ray. Yeah, we had the dog match. thing here. Yeah. So next we have uh, uh, Ray and Don Mysterio against Alpha Academy. Not American Alpha. Like I make sure I put uh, three times doing notes last night. I almost put Alpha, uh, American Alpha in the notes. I love it. It's I not American it. Alpha. It's Alpha Academy. So uh, before the match, though, uh, we had a Gable promo. Um, and uh, he was just essentially saying how upset he was about how things went down. He doesn't like cheaters. Yeah. He says, I never cheated at anything to make the Olympic team, to get tag titles, uh, to get my 4.0. My master's degree doesn't like cheaters. Nothing he dislikes more. And he says, the worst, the worst is RK bro talks about how, uh, there was some misinformation that led to them winning the academic challenge. It says, Oh yeah. And says they were the one that brought in Kevin Patrick, the host of spelling B, uh, to benefit them because Gable had a hard time understanding his accent, his Irish accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he says, cartoons should have never been a category in the quiz bowl. He says, then there's the W universe feeding RK bro answers. Why didn't you do that for us? He says, that's the problem. You've come to worship cheap cheaters, but I'm here to help. And tells Dom especially, listen up. You got a bright future, but you're listening to Ray who's saying that cheating is the way to win. And he throws the video last week when Ray trips up the mitts. Um, and he says, uh, that was kind of it. Oh, yeah. he says, shame on you, Ray. And then Ms. and Maurice come down to ringside join commentary for their match yeah yeah and uh alpha academy ends up getting the win here not american alpha but alpha academy uh, because gable had a handful of tights yeah that's handful cheating of tights he's cheating he's, he's what they refer to as a hypocrite and i like also that he refers to the wwe universe as morons and yet in the same breath he says feeding the answers to orton and riddle because they know what the answers are so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh it's good stuff anyways uh after the match uh i believe miz hits uh, uh, Ray with a skull crushing finale after Maurice gets in there and distracts him. And yeah. Miz tosses Dom out of the ring. So, and then we're getting Miz versus Ray at Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last uh, Alexa's therapy session here. Therapist tells her that she's uh, pretty much as cured as she's going to be. She'll be fine as long as she has Lily by her side. Bliss says, I don't have Lily. She's gone. A therapist says, No, you say inside the Dabity shop version of Lily is the stuffing of the original Lily. And in a sense, her spirit, I'm like, who is this therapist at this point? I know, talking about I know. puppet stuffing being a spirit of something. 
He says, so as long as Lily is by you, you're cured. And Bliss says, thanks. This has been fun. And then she like, she whacks. Uh, maybe there's some some symbolism here. I don't know. The little, uh, what are those, oh, those things? Little, the little ball things? Yeah. The, the kinetic call. energy thing or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then she sort of does this goofy voiceover where she says, Oh, isn't there something happening now? That's right. It's elimination chamber. I'm going to be in that. And I was like, that's, it was kind of, they, there could, they could, the execution could have been better there, but I, I thought yeah. it was a cool idea. Yeah. It was an interesting idea. It was at least I took the time to tell the story. Yeah. Right. There was a story. Told. We have to back. appreciate yeah. that. Give credit. At least they did that. Uh, then we had our main event, Seth Rollins versus Randall Keith Orton. Fun enough match. Uh, Seth picks up the win. Um, because uh, the Randy hits an RKO pretty much as soon as they hit that move, Alpha yeah. Academy's music hits, they come running down. Orton could have just scored the pin and won, mm-hmm. yeah, rather get distracted by all that. But again, that's the story. He gets on Riddle about getting distracted by a bunch of other stuff and not winning matches, and here he is doing the same thing. I like so. that there was an air of lot there, there was a little bit of, of, of logic of logic here because. He leaves because he said he sort of can't control himself. All oh, these guys, and he sees Riddle out there, and so, but he does try to beat the ten count. Like he's still mm-hmm. cognizant that hey, mm-hmm. I need to go back. Yes, he could have pinned him and then take care of that. But you know, he's like, hey, in the moment, you know, he's not really thinking about it. He gets back in as soon as he gets back in, eats stomp. that stomp from uh, Seth Rollins, stomp, and uh, and then Seth covers him for the pin there. So there you go. Yep, that was raw. That was raw. We'll go ahead and answer some of your questions here. We got a QA thread thing here. Let's see what they have to say. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, Wolfpack for Life says, what's something that in big picture doesn't matter, but you wish uh, it would have happened? For example, he says, I wish John Cena would have held the IC title belt just so he had every title. Is there something sort of small that you wish? I know there's plenty for me. I'm trying to think of one good one, though. I wish, I, I don't know, like in the in the big picture, I wish uh, John Cena, I'm sorry, uh, CM Punk had been added to Cena Rock 2 for a triple threat. Still could have lost, um, mm-hmm. but I feel like, I don't know, he would have represented a certain aspect of the fan base that would have added a lot to that match. I think CM Punk was a very specific sort of proxy for a definite, a, a kind of fan that wasn't mm-hmm. represented in that match. And I thought that mm-hmm. would have been really cool. You could have had a whole different story going into it, um, add a lot of dimension. And I don't think you needed the one-on-one for the rematch. I know they they added the title to it, but I would have liked that. Yeah, that's a good answer. Ow. Stab okay? myself with this pen. I got to stop know. doing that. All this nervous energy. Uh, White Browning asks, if Bianca doesn't win the chamber match, then who makes sense for Becky at Mania? I mean, after last night, either Rhea, maybe Alexa. Alexa can eat a pin and not, you know, with her supernatural shit. You know, you know who has unfinished business with each other is Rhea and Alexa. Remember, was it two years ago where Rhea eliminated Oh, I remember from the that. Rumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she wasn't the only one like scared of her. Because yeah, that's right. She was like relatively new. Yeah. There you go. Um, oh, Patrick Oliva has a great answer. Luke Harper added to the Wyatt and Randy Orton Mania match. Yes. You know, I was reading. Yes. I was reading. Uh, that should have happened. I was reading old uh, Cage Side Seats rumor roundup rumors roundups. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a very like them making the decision on that. 
Like he was going to be in that match until the very last moment, or they didn't know they were really considering putting him in that match. That would have been killer. That it made yeah. all the sense in the world. I know. I don't know why they didn't do it. Uh, let's see here. We sort of talked about that already. Um, talked about that already. Uh, Eddie Brock's Venom says, I'm always somebody who's loved Brock since 2002 until now. What Brock is scarier? His first run, his UFC run, uh, the beast incarnate and ending the streak, suplex city Brock or current farmer Brock. He says farmer Brock is scarier because people don't notice he's been pulling double duty since SummerSlam showing up on both shows and smiling so much. There is something to be said about a, a, a smiling guy. That's yeah. scary. The way he destroyed John Cena. It was terrifying. At SummerSlam. Yeah. That was terrifying. We had never seen anybody wreck John Cena like that. The guy who never. ended the streak. The guy who ended the streak. That's terrifying. That is yeah. scary as hell. Yeah. Well, let's see here. So, uh, Xavier Gray says, so Alexa Bliss is revealed to be the final competitor for the chamber. Why couldn't they have saved the reveal until we actually got to the real pay-per-view itself? Because they want to put eyeballs on it, and you want to mm-hmm. announce in advance who's going to be on the show. Yep. To sell yep. it. Yep. Yep. Uh, we talked about that. If we did, if I didn't answer your question on Patreon, it means we already talked about it. Talked about it on the show, yeah. Nikhil asks, what is Chad Gable ceiling over the next five years? Mid-card champion, upper mid-card guy. If he's lucky, he can get to sort of like a riddle place, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Consistent intercontinental or U.S. champion guy. I think that's probably a really strong ceiling for him. Uh, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> Adam Sandler, which is a great name, says, after hearing about how the WWE wanted to induct Jeff Hardy in the Hall of Fame, uh, does it devalue the Hall of Fame? It had no value in the first place. It doesn't have a ton of value as it is. None yet. whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, that's it for the uh, the Patreon questions. All right. Um, uh, Jimmy Thomas, shouldn't Alexa be feuding with Charlotte since she's the one who destroyed Lily? I mean, that's a fair point. That's a good point, yeah. Alto says, can't wait for wrestling news now to cover Cody's departure. Sad last days for Cody, confirmed by wrestling news now. Anyways, that's going to do it for us, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Oh, hold on. Uh, Maggie, do you want me to say this on the show or after the show's done? She says, I was waiting till the end of the show to share. Uh, but it's amazing news. It's awesome news. It's great news. No more cancer in the body. I'm going to share it on the up show. To you. Up yeah, to let's me. share okay, it. Let's share fuck it. yeah, that's awesome, Maggie. That's awesome. All that positive, all those positive vibes from the Frendo, from the Frendo community. Man, that's awesome, dude. I'm so happy. That's great. Yeah, same. That's great. Right. Anyways, great, great, great. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate it. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Goodbye.